Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm not Alex from a certain point of view. I mean, I'm Alex. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And this week, we are talking about Star Wars Episode Six: Return of the Jedi? Is that... Yes. Would that have been what it was... Because I realized... We talked about this last time, but I realized the last one was actually just billed as Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. No Star Wars. So... I believe on on Um, all the posters is like a tiny little Star Wars thing, like in the corner, but it's not. Yeah. It's advertised as Empire Strikes Back. Although... That's the name. Like like, uh, I think we said last time, the opening crawl actually has the episodes... Sure. ...in there after the first one. Anyway... Um, so we are trying to get back to a consistent schedule. I think I think we're going to end up doing Mondays from now on because that's just easiest. We can get it recorded sometime over the weekend. That gives me time to get everything uploaded. Um, so I know we've been really inconsistent recently. We're trying to get back to a schedule. However, um, Britain will not be on for an indefinite period of time. We don't know. He's going through a lot right now. Um, he's fine. It's just, it, I mean, it's more yeah, just it's work not work stuff and just it's general not, life stuff. It's not personal stuff. It's just he's he's got a lot going on. So right. send send your thoughts or prayers or demonic calls to the Cthulhu or your criticisms to him, to him. or yeah. or just tell him how he's doing everything wrong. <laughs> He'll appreciate that, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, so so hopefully you know he he really wants to get back on and get get back in the the swing of things. But right now he's got he's got stuff to deal with. Um, Unfortunately, our podcast does not pay the bills for uh, our, our day-to-day lives. So that would yeah. be nice, wouldn't uh, it? Yeah. But, <laughs> so it's it's going to be back to, to the two of us and our boring selves doing the podcast now. Yep, it's um, just like the good old days. <laughs> but yeah, when we were so. complaining about Michael Bay. Oh man, the times. All right, so Star Wars Episode Six. Revenge of the Jedi. I mean, Return of the Jedi. Because... I believe it's Return of the Sith. So, it was a, it was originally Return of the Jedi, and then they said, oh, Return, that's kind of lame. So he changed it to Revenge of the Jedi. And then he thought about it some more, and he went, oh, well, Jedis don't really do the whole revenge thing. So it went back to Return. <laughs> I am amazed that George Lucas has not yet tried to actively change the title of one of these movies. Well, I mean, he has. I mean, like, special edition-wise. like Star like, Wars Episode like, 4, A New Hope. That's that's a special edition change. I know, but I mean, like, I mean, like, change it from The Empire Strikes Back to something else. I'm amazed that he didn't do that, because... Or even with one of the prequels or something like that, because he... There, there was a great. I, I finished the movie, and then I was just watching some stuff to kill time before we actually recorded some stuff on the, the special features. And there is a great little interview with Harrison Ford, where Harrison's just like, "Yeah, he's a director, I guess." And <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that the ultimate response to George Lucas? He's I mean, a director, not, I guess. <laughs> he's that's not actually what he says, of course. Like he's trying to like say, "Yeah, he's he's good. He he gets stuff out of people or whatever." But whatever. Um, and he says, like, yeah, I don't think George, anything is ever actually good enough for George. But sometimes he gets it close enough. Yeah. And, that's, and like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's yeah. his feelings on the original movies to a T. Yeah. Yeah, it's just oh. he, he refuses to, I don't know. 
He'll keep tinkering with it, even if it makes the product worse. So, Return yeah. of the Jedi, directed by Richard Marquand, allegedly, in 1983. Uh, let's see the scores here. It has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes for the critics and a 94% from the audience. Now, when I say allegedly by Richard Marquand, apparently there's a lot of stories about George Lucas kind of shadow directing a lot of it. So, hmm. it's questionable how much Richard Marquand, like how much of his stamp is actually in the movie, you know. Sure, sure. So, Tyler, what's your best thing and your worst thing? And um, also, is this indeed the weakest of the original trilogy? The answer is yes. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to end that. Um, my... I don't think it's as close as I thought it was originally. Well, I'll say that much. What do you mean, um, as close? Like, I I feel like I used to think it was a lot worse than the others. Oh, okay. On this this watch there, I've kind of been like, well, is it? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I kind of had the same feeling when on this latest rewatch. Yeah. Um, my favorite thing... Would probably be the the payoff for Luke's arc. I think it's it's really well realized and is one of the reasons why, like these movies are so acclaimed, is because it's I mean the, his it's a very simple story. It's it's the the classic um, the hero's journey, you know, yada yada yada. Very very um, not stereotypical archetypal. That's the word. Yes. Uh, but it still follows through and it gives like the the line where he says um says to the emperor uh, uh what is it um i am a i am a jedi like my father before me like yes. that's a that that's that might be my favorite moment of this trilogy um it's so just like i don't know i really really enjoy it and like it's just such an emotional moment powerful moment um and I feel like it's built up really well, and that's something that the movie really, really wants to make sure it gets right throughout the entire the entire process. And you don't see a lot of that in... Like, even if... You don't see a lot of character arcs that get fully realized and have a payoff in a lot of movies. That's not... I'm not saying a lot of movies today. I'm not saying... I'm saying in general, a lot of movies like to try to convince you that there's a character arc... Or there's some there's some sort of thing, but really it's very shallow. There's not really a whole lot to it. It's it's nice to see a movie that fun, where someone fundamentally changes. All I can think I, of is Spectre with James Bond. <laughs> he has no character arc in that movie, despite a couple of key scenes trying to convince me that he is that he's yeah. actually changing, which he's not. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, you're you're like. And I appreciate when a movie at least tries to be like, look, they learned something, I guess. I appreciate when they at least try. But, like, even with the, the Back of the Future trilogy, like we just talked about recently, um, where the, in the, the latter two movies, they kind of try to give Marty this arc. Yeah. And it feels very shoehorned in, but they also follow through it, and then eventually you're like, oh, hey, yeah. you know what? He did learn something. Yeah. Like, it's very well um, done. It's just... It's not actually started in the first movie, so it ends up just feeling sure. kind of weird. But I'm just saying, even if it's not perfect, it's still, they follow through. And you yeah. just don't see a lot of people doing that, because at some point along the way, they get caught up in the fight scenes, and yada yada yada, and then, yeah. which, I guess, kind of spreads to the whole 
I, what I'm realizing is the whole reason that these movies were successful and, and are such a like iconic thing now is because they they're so character focused and they're so like they've got iconic moments but it almost always has to do with some sort of character some sort of line some sort of, I mean it's I don't know I just feel like it's that's the thing for these movies the things you remember most about them are not the lightsaber fights yeah yeah and that's that's the thing everybody likes to point to when it's like oh what's something good about the prequels they always go well the fights are amazing that's that shouldn't be the point that shouldn't be the best sure. part of a Star Wars movie even like Force Awakens, like it's it's bright and it's flashy and the lightsaber fights are pretty cool, but that's not the best part of the movie. I'd agree. Yeah. Um Yeah, definitely. That's yeah. And I think it's it's good that they were kind of hamstrung by the budget and the limitations of the time and you know, kind of had to work with what they could. Yeah. And ended up getting some really good performances out of it. Um yeah. My worst thing about the movie... Ooh, there's a couple of things I could choose from, not necessarily because I think there's that many awful things about it, but just because there's, there's several things I'm kind of like, eh. Yeah. Um, Tell us how you really feel. <laughs> <laughs> I would say, jeez, I, I probably, I, I guess I wouldn't land on how convoluted Luke's plan is at the beginning of the movie. That was what mine was going to be. I can choose something else if you want to do. Uh, it, no, no, go ahead. I, I actually have a couple others I can kind of pick from. Yeah, but yeah. that, and then that goes to my big complaint as to like just how much time gets wasted on that opening sure. when it's really just we rescued Han it feels like it really could be they all try to invade the- that and should get- be like a fun 10 to 15 minute opening where it's like a yeah. really fun like we're getting reintroduced to these characters again and they're getting, getting Han the out and- back together yeah but instead, it's, it's like 35 minutes and it's just a slog it's, it's fun it's enjoyable to watch it just yeah. it feels almost like a separate movie Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it feels like. I don't it know, still it, feels. It, it still feels like we're in Empire mode. Yeah. Where it, it almost feels like these... in between Empire and Return of the Jedi, they should have released like an hour, like short type thing, and just put that in theaters where it's this yeah. part. Yeah. And it's like here's something to tide you guys over while we're making like the real movie. And we don't feel like just like, or you you make that actually you, you fit it more with the plot. Like maybe they somehow convince Jabba to fight the Imperials with them, sure, or something, and you use his resources, something instead of just it's just kind of filler. And I I get the idea is that like they try to draw it out because Luke doesn't want to attack first, and that's kind of a yeah. a, a, a running theme, but. It feels like it should have been, okay, C-3PO, R2-D2 gets sent in, and then, like, I don't know. Well, it's also, they like, what's, consolidated. what's his know. end goal? I don't get it. Like, when he's like, okay, I'm going to slowly get everybody in there, and they'll slowly get captured, and then... Yeah, yeah. Did he know he was going to be sent into the Rancor pit, and then he would kill the Rancor, and then they'd want to take him out and execute him by sending him into the Sarlacc pit? 
That way R2 could conveniently launch the the uh, lightsaber to him because he yeah. knew that R2 would be placed on the barge to be taking around like food and drinks to people. It makes no sense. The man did his research. <laughs> this is Star Wars colon Mission Impossible. That's what that's where we are right now. And then Tom Cruise <laughs> just sprints in there. Uh, I'm yes. Yes. He's, he's sprinting across the desert. Like, but, but, but like, so, I'm just thinking, like, if it's like, well, I have a plan A, that's send R2 and 3PO in. Oh, that didn't work. I have a plan B, send Leia and Chewie in. Which already kind of doesn't, it's like, okay, so she, she comes in and brings Chewie, I guess, so she can just hang around the palace and try and break Han out. But then what's her plan after that? Is her plan, yeah. okay, now I'm going to go rescue all of them, and then we'll get out of it. Like, it it doesn't make yeah. sense. I'm yeah. sorry. And then Luke's like, okay, I'm going to go on myself, and this is perfectly exactly what I wanted. I do like how ambiguous it is as to, like, what, like, if Luke has embraced the dark side or not at the beginning yeah. of the movie. Like, yeah. like, he's, like oh. he just walks in and he, he force chokes a couple of the guards. Yep. I, I like how that's that's a bit ambiguous, and that, that leads very well into like him having the internal struggle of am I going to kill my father am I am I going to go along with whatever the emperor wants like what 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 am I going to do here um mm-hmm. I think that that that's a nice lead and and of course he's wearing all black which is very typical for a bad guy in Star Wars sure but yeah the opening Jabba's palace stuff it's a lot of fun but it just does not make a lick of sense by the way, Vader, do we, is that actually father in German? Random side note. I've heard that before. I believe it is. I'm going to look this up. I'm sorry, audience, for the clacking that is about to... Well, yeah, I guess... Yeah, because I, I did say that they didn't have the father reveal planned from the beginning. I said that. I, no, that's... I thought of that in the middle of this movie. But but if that is father in German... <laughs> I searched is Vader is Vader father in German. <laughs> it translated the phrase is Vader father to German. That's beautiful. But yeah, maybe he did have it planned. Although I don't know. All right, uh, while while you're doing the research, I'll I'll go ahead and do my best and worst. Uh, my best is Ian McDermott as the Emperor because he is delightful and his performance will still be great as we go into the other Star Wars movies. Um, and I feel like there's a danger when you're, when you're casting somebody like the Emperor where it's just like, oh, it's just this old decrepit man. Like, th- there's a good chance that he won't come off as intimidating or scary. But I think he's he's great. Like, is it... It's, it's not like... A, it's it's almost like a really cheesy performance, but it's just he he just comes off so menacing. I, I really I really enjoy it. Um, and of course, them just going all out with the makeup and stuff. It's it's really it's really fun to watch whenever he's on screen. Um, and then also just the reveal that he has force lightning at the end of the movie. That's that's pretty awesome. Uh, so like I said, I have a. Cu- couple of worst things I could probably choose from the Jabba's Palace one that was probably going to be the one I was going to go with but also I don't really like the reveal that Leia and Luke are siblings I, I don't think that works very well 
Mostly, it's not just because, oh, it's just creepy in retrospect because they've actually kissed each other a couple of times. That's not the only reason, yeah. although that that is... It's kind of a reason. Um, yeah. Also, there's just no real payoff for it. It's not like she ends up doing anything with, like, the Force. It's it's just an excuse to be like, okay, Han can be with her. It's fine. It's weird because that's the kind of thing that feels like they're setting up for future and maybe this is just hindsight knowing like what the expand <coughs> geez, what the expanded universe um did with it yeah but it except, feels like that's except none of that's canonical now apparently yeah so. sure except a lot of it still is because they keep bringing back elements of it anyway um the it feels kind of like what they that's the most like setup e type plot yeah. element where it's and, like oh this might turn into something in the future well it's it's just weird cause it feels just very like the the follow-through isn't isn't very well done because you know in empire when luke takes off um obi-wan goes oh that boy was our last hope and then yoda goes no there is another sure so it seems like oh obi-wan doesn't know who this other person is that's what it yeah. comes off as and then the next movie he's just like oh leia is your sister but then they, at the end of the last movie, they also have Laid, like, detect him and where he is and, like, hear yeah, him. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, it feels like they're setting up for this. It's just kind of weird. I don't know. It, it's just very odd that she doesn't end up using any Force abilities or anything. Like, if yeah. they even had, like, the the slightest hint of that... I I, yeah. I would have been more accepting of it, but it, that would have been nice if something if somehow they disabled the shield generator by having her like maybe they're they're about to be shot at or something, and she like pulls a lever and then everything starts exploding. I don't know, so, like with her mind or I don't know. Something. Feels like they could have done they could have done something. Although yeah. it, she it is used to like spur on Luke, almost defeating Vader at the end. Yeah. By the way, I just looked it up, and apparently. Yes, it more or less does. It's a, it actually it's like Vater with a T, which would sound the same. But um, apparently, in the original script for Empire, that wasn't a thing. Like they didn't, they never that relationship was never hinted at as being as okay. coming up at all. Okay. So it doesn't it doesn't seem like it seems like Lucas was just like this is a cool name, and then he was like, oh, oh look, I I, I promise I planned this perfectly. That that sounds like the George I know. Yeah. So. But yeah, then it, it just feels like there's a lot of potential there with the the, the Leia sister reveal, and it's just, eh. We've got mm-hmm. other things we got to take care of, and this is the finale, so we we're not going to deal with that too much. Yeah. Also, it's it's just kind of weird how you spend most of the last movie kind of building up Han and Leia's relationship, and then they don't really have a whole lot of screen time together to actually continue evolving the relationship like it's very stagnant and then at the end they're just like okay we're together sure yeah it's fine yeah yeah so we neglected to talk about one of the 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 biggest things in the star wars star wars universe the last episode we forgot to talk about how cool boba fett is this character's lame. Yep. He looks he does cool. Nothing. He looks cool and that's it. Like it, it's it's very similar to how people feel about Darth Maul where it's like, "Oh, he's really cool and stuff." It's like 
at least Darth Maul, like, he got a couple of cool fights. Like, Boba Fett's yeah. a loser. He got nothing. He got nothing. Is that all we have to say about Boba Fett? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the fact that he is, like... It's almost like he shouldn't even be in the movie. <laughs> like, More or less. <laughs> like he, you could... Re- he immediately gets knocked into the pit. It's hilarious. And Han's blind. He's like, Boba Fett, where? Yep. <laughs> it's comical. Uh, I don't know. I know the ex- expanded universe or whatever. It's like, oh, he climbed out of the pit or whatever. It, it It's not the movies. Like, it doesn't even we're, hint at him being cool in these movies. Like, I don't know. We're, we were talking about this before. I I, feel, I would I like to imagine that he has like his his helmet actually has a voice modulator or something, and he's actually has like a really I mean obviously the 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 prequels supposedly can't counteract this, but he just has like a really dorky voice, or like he sounds like like Patrick Warburton or something like that. <laughs> yep. He's just no no he's got like a Peter Griffin voice or something, you know. Gotta get the solo for Java. The Java solo. <laughs> Can I just say, one of my favorite scenes in the movie is actually the very beginning when Darth Vader's threatening the guy. And the guy's like, okay, I swear, we'll, 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 we'll finish the station on time before the Emperor shows up. And Darth mm-hmm. Vader goes, the, the Emperor is not as forgiving as I am. <laughs> Which I think might be one of my favorite lines in any Star Wars movie. <laughs> I love how Vader just trolls these Imperial officers. <laughs> I love it so much. <laughs> Although nobody gets force choked by Darth Vader in this movie, which was sadly, sadly. <laughs> yeah, I guess Luke filled the quota. <laughs> okay. So, we've kind of already addressed the, the Jabba's palace stuff. I will say the design for all that stuff is really good. It's really creative. Like, all the alien yeah. design and stuff. All, that's kind of par for the course for these movies, because just all the design works really great. Um, Except maybe the special edition singing aliens, so that's their thing. Yeah, do we want to save all the special edition talk for, like, the very end, or do we want to kind of, like, intersperse it? I mean, we. I just wanted to point out that it's dumb. I feel like it doesn't really come up that much again until the end, but there's okay. there's the dumb singing thing, and that's it's it's lame. Well, the thing is, it there, goes there, on too long. There is a song in the the original <clears throat> version, like there is a song that plays while the slave girl's trying to kill Jabba, but it's probably, far less probably. distracting. And there's not a 1997 CGI alien that goes right up to the camera and shows you its tonsils. Well, because the focus becomes, oh, look, there's a singing CGI alien, and we don't focus on what's actually happening in the scene. That's, yes. So, whatever. Also, they don't even keep it, like, the continuity's terrible, because I believe you actually see, like, whatever the singer is, um, Mm -hmm. you actually see it, like, the puppet or the creature that they had, they physically made in a shot before she actually starts singing, and she's got, like, a feather or something on her head. And then when she starts singing, there's no feather. Sure. They ran out. Sounds of the, about right. They ran out of the budget for that. Yeah. No, no feather budget. <laughs> no feather budget. Hashtag no feather budget. Yeah. 
George, George actually, he was when he was making all the special editions. He was like, you know, I I, I feel like I I really need to like have have the money to to you know make make the Han's shot first scene work so that Han like like the Han it looks better when Han shoots first or whatever. But I really want to add a feather onto this. <laughs> and then he added a fe- he he had just enough budget to add a feather onto one part of this scene. He didn't have enough to finish it out. But it would have been enough to fix the Han shot first scene. But instead, he had to completely remake the Han shot first scene, and then went back on his word and was like, "Oh yeah, no, I promise. I, this is this is what I intended for the character." And and then he just watches the Return of the Jedi and he starts clapping like a little kid when he sees the feather on them. <laughs> <laughs> oh so I'm boy, very um, proud of that feather. I will I say, think, I think that feather really uh, really rhymes. <laughs> it's a funnier character than we've had in one of these movies before. Um, it's, a, it's a it's a feather. We've never had one of those in one of these movies before. <laughs> I will say, after the Jabba's palace stuff, I do think the movie really picks up in in just storytelling yeah. quality. I love the scene with Yoda, like when. He reveals, like, when he admits, yeah, Darth Vader's your father. Because yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm just imagining, like, an audience that has only seen the first two movies and had to wait three years for this one just having in the back of their mind. It's got to be lying, right? There's no way. <laughs> There's no way Vader's his father. And then Yoda's just like, yep. Yep, he is. Yeah. We, didn't, we, point didn't, of we didn't want you to know because we knew you'd freak out about it like you're freaking out <clears> about <throat> it right now. So. Yeah, yeah. And I love how he tries not. He's just like, nope. Nope, I gotta go to sleep. Yeah, Shut up. it's it's time for me to die. Crap, he should have shown up five minutes later. <laughs> he just pulls out a gun. <laughs> oh god! No, he's got to plot his little baby laser sword. <laughs> and oh then and then Alec Guinness walks out, and then because Alec Guinness hates Star Wars, he just like he sits down almost immediately because he doesn't want to be there. <laughs> Oh, boy. <clears throat> and then the lab reveal about the sister, whatever, doesn't matter. Also, it, it's very weird on, on like, who she thinks her parents are, right? Be- yeah. Notwithstanding the bit where Luke asks about, like, what she remembers about her mother, and she's like, oh, she's very kind, but sad. And it's like, you you knew her for five seconds and then she died in childbirth like are you does she know that he means like jimmy smith's wife (laughs) i was gonna say like i i don't know that's i guess that i mean assuming the prequels are canon you have to take that also bail organa is a senator is his wife the queen of alderaan how is leia a princess if her father is a senator, these are just words. <laughs> He's a senator who in, who instituted a constitutional monarchy. <laughs> but then again, Padme is a queen and then becomes a senator. Yep, Full because triple. queens it's like poetry it rhymes. Because queens are elected. Yes. No, that, that's that's how the Star Wars universe works. It's just senators are actually like monarchs, and queens <laughs> and princesses are actually like elected officials. That's shit. 
They just have different terminology. If they actually said that, I'd be fine with it. You just gotta say it, George. (laughs) I'd I'd be like, why did you do that? (laughs) I'd be confused, but at least I'd be like, okay, I I don't have to think about it anymore. See, she's a princess, so she got elected to the Star Wars version of the model UN. That's that's what happened here. (laughs) But yeah, that's, that's very confusing. Like, what Leia... Like, when he's asking her, like, oh, do you remember your mother, like, what she's actually thinking at that well, point? Well, and even even throwing out the prequels, what Does is she thinking? Does she know she's adopted? That's the yeah. question. Yeah, what is she thinking versus what... What Luke's or, trying what, to what, get what, at. And why would she know, if it, if she is thinking of her actual mother, why would she know versus why would Luke... Like, why would they be separated, whatever. Would, would it start, wouldn't it start off with Luke going, Leia, were you adopted... Like, there would be a lead-in, right? Not just, do you remember your mother? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. I don't know. Also, there there are seeds in this, just in terms of, like, filmmaking, where you're starting to see the little little cracks where where we're getting prequel George as a director, where it's, it's extended dialogue sequences with the dialogue, you know... To be fair, it's actually it's better than it is in the prequels because we actually understand what's happening, um, and it's <laughs> mild, at least mildly interesting. But you're starting to get the extended dialogue sequences with shot reverse shot, and then I, I'm specifically thinking of the bit where um, Han's trying to figure out what's wrong with Leia, and she does the dramatic turn away that happens in so many of the conversations in the prequels. Like we're we're starting to get just tons of that. I noticed. Yep. The, I noticed that so much this time. Like it happens with with Yoda in, in his death scene. It like that whole scene is just shot reverse shot, which is fine. I'm just saying we're starting to see where where George is starting to starting to get complacent as a as a creator. <laughs> and then there's there's the Ewoks, and there's the Ewoks. Yeah, that's <sighs> they they are the elephant in the room when it comes to discussing Return of the Jedi, aren't they? Yeah. Um. I didn't have as much of a problem with them on this watch as I usually do. I had much more of a problem with the the Leia sister stuff and the Jabba's palace and Luke's plan not making any sense. I I had much more uh, difficulty swallowing that stuff than I did the Ewoks. I I think ultimately um, the biggest issue I have with it is just that um, the, this movie feels like it should have gone even darker in tone than Empire. Um, because of the subject matter about Luke turning the dark side, like we should have followed him down that path, and then like yeah, and I think that that kind of feeds into both Lawrence Kasdan and Harrison Ford wanting to kill Han Solo off. Sure, but sure, George yeah. refused because. Han Solo is a great character, so he wanted to keep him alive, even though he doesn't really have anything to do in this movie. Yeah. Which, I'd rather have him there than not, but if, you know, if you're gonna try and take the material seriously, maybe that would have been the better choice. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, yeah. Um, like, what What if the opening is them working so hard to get Han free from Jabba's palace, and he ends up, like, he's dead? Like when they unfreeze him, and it's like, that oh, be, that was that might be a little much. That was all for nothing. <laughs> I don't well, know if that well, was well, in a Star Wars movie. I don't know. 
Just an idea. I, I, was yeah. thinking, I was thinking maybe, like, that's how you set the tone for the movie. Just just because a Star Wars movie hasn't, up to that point, had it directly dealt with death. Yeah. Because... I, well, yeah, you can't do that and then have Luke go to Yoda and then Yoda dies. Like, that... Uh, that, that doesn't well, because, work. because Obi-Wan died and then... Oh, he's a Force ghost, so it's like by the end of the first movie, he's a Force ghost, so it's fine because mm-hmm. we still got we still got him kicking about, yeah. And then, which would not happen to Han because he's a Jedi. And then, yeah, of course, Yoda. But then, like when Alderaan gets blown up, there's not really any direct. I mean, there is with um, his aunt and uncle, I guess. Yeah, it's just I don't know. We don't know those characters nearly as well as we know Han at this point. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I will admit, like, killing off Han would have been a very difficult thing to get right. Yeah. So yeah. They, they they definitely played it safer, but... And I don't, I don't even necessarily think they have to move that. I'm just saying specifically with the Ewoks, I think they take the movie in a direction that feels unnatural, tonally. Yeah. Because um, it kind of goes more into the, oh, we're kind of just goofing about again, and we're having fun on this planet, even though there's a giant battle death star thing oh yeah we have to get to the shield generator otherwise the whole alliance is going to die (laughs) but we're kind of playing around with some teddy bears we'll have 3PO tell them like retell the first two movies and it'll be amusing Yeah, because he'll use Um, sound effects so I don't even have that much of a problem with the Ewoks themselves I just think that tonally they kind of screw things up especially because at the end of that fight they get some of them get horribly murdered yeah and you watch these little like there's the bit where a couple of them just like land hard on the ground and one of them's dead and the other one's like okay let's go and then he realizes the other one's dead and it's it's depressing yeah and you're like uh okay we were just playing around with these guys like three minutes ago yeah and Um, then there's the goofy bit where one of them takes the speeder bike and leads them away to distract some of the scout troopers yeah, and it's supposed to be like a fun comical scene, and he grabs the vine and he swings out of the way, so the other scout troopers just keep going. Like ah, it 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 doesn't work very yeah. well tone wise. Yeah, You're right. yeah. So I think if you have that battle just be like a a horrific battle, and you have the Ewoks be something a little more mature. Yeah. Well, the original idea was to have it be Wookies. Yeah. But. I believe the the argument from George Lucas was, well, with Chewbacca, we have someone that's very good with technology, and I want a more primitive race that is not good with technology, so it's like, oh, the primitives are beating the Empire with this vast amount of resources and stuff. You could have just said, oh, Chewie's not like the rest of the Wookiees. Yeah. Maybe he was taken off of his home planet at an early age... And he just became accustomed to technology, unlike the rest of them. Yep. It's easy. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, and also, maybe it was you... more difficult to find a whole bunch of really tall people than it was to find a bunch of really short people? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> then, then you get into the, the thing of why... Did... Is it necessary to have some primitive people beat off this thing, this army with vast resources? I don't know. I've, I mean, that's definitely an argument I've heard where it's like, uh, like it's, it's not realistic. No, no, it's not. 
But whatever, I mean, like, it's like, fine. It's when, not... you, when you see the Ewoks and they have all these traps set up, like they've got the two branches that smack into the the, the big wa- the chicken yeah. walker, which is which is also kind of like, wait, what? Because that's like a horrifying death. Yeah, <laughs> you're like, oh, okay, well, yeah. But but it's just like, wait, how did they set that up? How yeah. are these little teddy bears able to set all that up? Without the the Empire, like the scout troopers noticing, like none of this makes sense. I love the bit at the end when they're celebrating and the little Ewok is drumming on all the helmets. And I just, I want to just imagine that the heads are still inside of the helmets. Yep. (laughs) They're tenderizing them to eat their brains later. (laughs) Oh my god. Ah. It's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, it's it's just very weird when you're cutting back and forth between the different sections of the battle. Like you're going to the Luke Vader stuff, which is very serious and very emotional, and you're cutting to oh, it's lighthearted fun, kind of. And then Ewoks start getting murdered, and you're like, what what am, what movie am I watching? Yeah. And yeah. then you cut to the space battle stuff, which is more just like really fun, you know, typical Star Wars space battle stuff. Mm-hmm. Probably the most Star Wars stuff out of all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which brings me to, to Lando because I kind of feel like he gets nothing to do in this movie. I mean, it's it's fine that you know, like, I like that he's the leader or whatever, that's fine. I feel like he gets off easy for betraying them all in the last movie. That's true. It's very true. Like, I know at the end of the last movie he oh, was already you, with them. You could argue... Luke being like, hey, go hang out at Jabba's palace for a while. We'll eventually show up. Maybe that's punishment. <laughs> he just never shows up. Sorry, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Because he suddenly put in charge of the entire fleet when he betrayed the the, the princess and, like, their 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 last hope Jedi guy and the smuggler guy who saved the day in the battle of the last Death Star. Yeah. And they're just like, no, he's fine. Let's let's put him in charge of all our ships. Yeah. And that's that's partially we don't have enough of his backstory because I believe they mentioned like something about him doing really well in some battle. Yeah, yeah. They said that he was a really good fighter. Well, well if they said like <clears throat> at least he's had connections with the Rebel Alliance before. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I'd buy it more, but it, it feels like, like he's had no interactions with them. Then he betrays of, Leia and of, Han, of and then he's the, the end, leader of the Rebel fleet. At the end of the last movie, he was like, "Oh man, yeah, you know, I they they, they showed up before you. They had no choice, or I had yeah. no choice. Like I, I I never planned to really give in to them or whatever. Or so, I don't know. Um, or I wanted to keep you guys safe. I, it, it's still, uh, yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird." That that doesn't bother me nearly as much as the other stuff that we've talked about so far. Yeah. Yeah. I I I just bothers me more that he doesn't really get a whole lot to do. Like why? Like back to the Jabba's palace stuff. Why is he there? Just so he can get saved by Han in a somewhat amusing sequence. Yeah. And I don't he, know. And then he's just stuck in in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Like, I, I wouldn't... For the most part, nothing is outright bad in this movie. It's just... A lot of it is just like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. 
with some really good stuff. Partially because they built up a lot of goodwill over the last two movies. Yeah. That's, that's we will not we will not be nearly as forgiving with the prequels. Because they're just all bad. Yeah. Um but yeah. I don't know. Do we wanna get into more of the special edition stuff at the end? Um Eh, we can go ahead and start talking about it. Can I just say I have a very weird nitpick? Because I always mm-hmm. have weird nitpicks when I'm talking Star Wars. Um so when when they get captured by the Ewoks and they're going to be burned as a sacrifice to 3PO because 3PO is a god to the Ewoks which is sure. which is actually pretty funny um mm-hmm. Leia just walks out and she's got this like really fancy dress did the Ewoks already have a pre-made human-sized dress for her Yes Okay no, she brought it with her. <laughs> I'm okay with it's this. It's fine. Everything's <laughs> fine. Also, how sexist is the slave girl outfit thing? Very. I, Although she does get to kill Java, so there's that. Yeah, I, guess, I, I think it's, it's kind of balances out. I don't know. Because I, I know, I, I think there was some controversy a little while ago because I think Disney like discontinued all products that have that image which is probably fair. Yeah. I don't know. Just the fact that they're trying to bring back the franchise, like... Yeah. That's probably just good PR. Well, and, you know, with the current Star Wars movies we're getting, they're emphasizing female empowerment. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's let's sell Barbie dolls of, of Slave Leia. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what a yeah. great idea. <laughs> Yeah, let's go ahead and talk special edition stuff. Um, I I personally would buy five Slave Leia Barbie dolls. <laughs> Job is a creep. <laughs> he makes me so uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, he looks so, great. Yeah, that that yeah, you're not wrong. Um, yeah, the special edition changes. Um, almost as egregious as. Han, the Han Greedo stuff. I don't think one. any are, the, are that bad. Um, I, I hate I think... the Hayden Christensen thing, and I hate Darth yeah. Vader saying no. I hate those two, and I hate the, the the CGI song in Jabba's Palace. I hate it all. The CGI song is terrible. Um, I think Han Solo not shooting first is still the worst out of any of the trilogy. Yes. Um, the I, we were talking about this before. I was watching it and I knew that they put in the no, um, more when Darth Vader throws the Emperor into the pit or whatever, which is a great and scene. I, and I was expecting it to be like I was already like re- preparing to cringe at it. They change it. It's not. Ex- I don't believe at least it's exactly the same. It doesn't sound exactly the same to me as it is at the end of the third one. It sounds shorter and it's a it's a little less like <laughs> like it's it's calm. Yeah. Um, calmer. I don't know. I, I, it doesn't. It didn't bother me nearly as much as I expected it to. However, then they they turn around and they show like all of these planets celebrating, <laughs> oh my and God, you're right. and the streets are just full of people. So like, so, wait, which which planets do they show? They show um, they show it's Tatooine, all the prequel. They show planets. Naboo. They show Coruscant. 
Is that it? There's a couple more. I don't remember. I have not seen the special edition version of this in years. Uh-huh. So I'm sticking with the theatrical cut because yeah. I don't need that in my life. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's all the prequel planets, and the streets are literally just full of people. And it's like, if there was this much support to overthrow the Empire, why did they have such a hard time forming, like, keeping the Rebellion? Like, what? My and it just part, looks, it just looks comical. It's just... Maybe Jar Jar Binks going, We so free! <laughs> yeah, of course, they have to throw that in there. And then, like, in Coruscant, there's the giant Palpatine statue that they knock over, which feeds yeah. into your point. If they're willing to knock over that statue when they hear he's gone, immediately. It's just very silly. Like, it doesn't look realistic. Yeah, the special effects are, are very dated on that. Yeah, it, whatever. Hayden Christensen, whatever. I hate that so much. <laughs> Eh. How does Luke know who that is? Eh. Like at least, the- at least the like when he sees older Anakin, it looks kind of like the guy that he saw when he took off Darth Vader's mask. I guess that's my, part of my reasoning is I'm like he already looks like a shriveled old egg dude, and so he's kind of like. Well, it's it, it's weird because, um, in the special editions, or at least one of the subsequent versions. They CGI out his eyebrows because Anakin got burned alive, so he wouldn't have his eyebrows. In the theatrical cut, he does have those. So that's that's like one more physical feature on his face that he could sort of, you know, recognize a bit more, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I think it's dumb. I think it's terrible how you have Alec... Have it be an Ewan McGregor at that point, man. And have it be little CGI Yoda. I like, bet they considered that, too. I bet George Lucas thought really hard about doing that. I movie. bet he considered putting Sam Jackson and Liam Neeson back there, too. Well, I'm just saying specifically... And Jar Jar. He thought, he thought really hard about that, and then he was like, oh, but then I'd have to go back and I'd have to do... Ob- I have to do Ewan McGregor, Obi-Wan, for all the rest of the movie, and then Luke. there would have to be some line of dialogue where Luke is like, what? <laughs> the best part I... is Hayden Christensen didn't even know George was going to do that. Like, that's not him wearing that, that costume. It's them CGIing his face onto that costume. That's odd. It's very odd. He's a crazy man. He just loves tinkering with things, even if they're fine. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Can I just I say, do. I do have something that I would prefer. I prefer this element from the special editions over the theatrical cuts. Sure. The song that actually plays at the end with the indoor celebration, um, I don't know if you actually know what the song is, but in, in the, the theatrical cut, it's the Yub Nub song. Sure. I, th- I think it's pretty infamous among Star Wars fans. It's a very odd way to end the, the trilogy. Like, it, it, yeah, it, it feels wrong. Um, sure. And also just the editing on that scene, like it cuts very weirdly in the final shot where, where like you see everyone and then Lando's in the background clapping like an idiot <laughs> which sure. is also one of my favorite moments in this trilogy but um in the special editions they have like an actual like John Williams like score it's like a lighthearted thing but it's got some of the Star Wars themes in it mm-hmm. in the theatrical cut it's just this weird dub nub song I don't know <laughs> I prefer music that's that feels a little more Star Warsy, especially since it's the final scene 
that we leave this whole trilogy off on. So, I can say nothing against that. I, I need I need to hunt down the despecialized editions. Um, and for those of you who don't know, some guy painstakingly went through and made Blu-ray quality um, versions of the theatrical cuts as best as he could. Uh, and I need to hunt those down. But I need to ask him to just leave that final music bit fine and intact in that final scene. But still have it the theatrical cut so it's not Hayden Christensen. Because why? <laughs> nope. Too much to ask for. This, this is maddening. Like, the, 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 the hoops that fans have to jump through to justify this stuff. Yeah. Like, it's constantly like picking and choosing little elements that you like and don't like from each of these different... Ver- it's maddening. It's 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 just about as maddening as trying to figure out all the continuity stuff with the X Men movies. Yeah, I won't say quite as much because I've been there and it drove me insane. We've so. been there. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's I don't know. George Lucas is a crazy man. I love him to death, but he's a crazy man. And that's all I got. Do you have anything else we want to talk about? <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty much spent. I don't know. I, just... I do like the the um because I was talking about how like the lightsaber fights are like not really the most memorable parts of these movies. I do like the fight between Vader and Luke. I do actually yeah. think that is a very well constructed fight. It's great. Um. And just Luke completely losing it at the end, and he's just wailing on Darth Vader until he cuts <laughs> off his hand. That's great. All the stuff with Emperor, the Emperor uh, Luke and Vader is, is pretty much perfect. Yeah, and that that's that's the biggest thing where I'm like, this is still a good movie because that is the most important element that they had to get right, and they got it pitch perfect. I agree. I, I think it's. I am finishing my my thought. I I think it's yeah, it, it's really powerful. It's really I, I I imagine that if they didn't get that part right, these movies wouldn't have nearly the like acclaim that has followed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty much I, I'm I'm out of out of stuff to talk about. I, once we start the prequels, I'm gonna I'm gonna rev back up now, and I'm gonna be like, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have too much to say every episode once we get to the prequels. But I like, feel like for those, we should just play the Plinket reviews, like just get the audio from those, just play those. Which is of course the the concern that those are kind of the definitive critiques critiques. But still, I would I, I think it'll be fun to get tackle them ourselves and kind of yeah. Do our own thing with them. Yeah. I'm sure we'll. I'm sure we'll. Par- we'll end up parodying a lot of his arguments, but right. We we can we can think. We have opinions on stuff. We'll we'll find stuff I don't know. to say. I feel like a lot of my opinions just come from other people. If I'm being perfectly honest with you, <laughs> like certain movies, I'll be like, I really enjoyed that, and then I'll hear other people talk about. It. I'm like, oh yeah, it was crap. Spectre was a terrible <laughs> movie, wasn't it? <laughs> Oh, that's an apocalypse. It wasn't really good, was it? 
Yeah, but we fl- we waved that that banner for a- Age of Ultron though, so there's that. This is true. I think we're yeah, the only well, see, two people the thing, on the planet. I, that that's the thing where it's like I, a lot of times like critics will influence like in discussion outside of the movie will influence how I feel about the movie. But there there are still times where I when I disagree with the general consensus. You know? Yeah. Like a lot of these same critics that I'm talking about, they they love to uh, hate on Dark Knight Rises, and then I've, I've said yeah. my piece on that movie and how much I love it. But you know, Dark Knight so, Rises, I, I get the, I I under I don't agree with it necessarily, but I understand where people are coming from. Yeah, Age of Ultron, and I'm just going to keep stirring this up because I know we are literally <laughs> like the only two people on the planet I think who actually I mean we're not obviously, but who who like legitimately think that is a really good movie um with its problems but but a really good movie overall we're gonna have to get to the mcu eventually um but i'm still kind of confused as to i don't know i've never quite understood the the hate for that movie i got nothing so return of the jedi i'm very tired (laughs) what's your grade tyler all right i have to give a grade Yes, yes, you do. Do you want me to go ahead? Sure. I'm going to go B minus. Oh wow. Okay. Did Did you think that was that was higher than than you were expecting? No, I thought that was a lower. Oh, okay. I don't yeah, know don't it's know. it's really just like that opening third. It's a lot of fun, but it doesn't make any sense. And then yeah. I, I think I've had enough problems where it's still good. A B minus is still a good grade. It's it's kind of it's similar to. You know, Spider-Man 2, where it's like everybody, you know, I, I actually have actual complaints with that movie. I'm like, sure. apparently everybody else. But I still think it's a good movie, so I gave it a B-. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's 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 what I'm going and with. Then you, and then you proceeded to give Amazing Spider-Man a, a B plus and destroy all your credibility. I will always regret <laughs> that decision. And by that I mean it should have been a B. <laughs> Speaking of which, I'm probably going to give Return of the Jedi a B plus. Okay. That's how I'm feeling on it. I, I, I feel pretty high. I think it, it is a significant drop-off in quality, but okay. there are still enough elements for me to call it a good movie. Sure. Just not that great a movie. I, I really enjoyed the, the emotional payoffs and that sort of thing, and I think... I don't know. We didn't really talk about the performances because it's the same performances they've been giving the entire time, but I do think everyone's really firing on all cylinders in this one. Yeah, I mean, I um, talked about, you know, my favorite thing was Ian McDermott as, as Palpy, because yeah, Palpy yeah. Is, is great. Sure. He's just um, chewing the scenery, and I love it. You will die. I almost the, enjoy watching him more than Darth Vader. Oh, yeah, his, his delivery is great. Yeah. There's also an, an interesting element of that, that really comes out in this of Darth Vader being really, like, subservient and kind of, like, resentful of the Emperor. Yeah. Where he's just that... kind of like, I, I'm, I'm just kind of stuck here. I'll do what he wants. I'm not really happy about my position, but whatever. Well, and it's it's almost it's almost like the Emperor has literally, like, taken control of him through force powers. Yeah. Or, like, seeded corruption into him through force powers or whatever. Yeah. Which is not at all what we're set up with at the end of Revenge of the Sith. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, it's just kind of like, oh, yeah, look, everyone screwed you over. And he's like, yeah, they did. You're right. I'm going to join you and go beat him up. Hey, aren't we it's gonna like, go like save Padme's life? Oh, I'm I'm sure we can figure out that power together. Oh yeah. no, I've been tricked. 
I've been bamboozled by yeah. this con artist. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just gonna go slaughter children. <laughs> it it we don't we don't get that complex of a relationship. No. From that from what we see in those movies. And it's great because they don't actually talk to each other very much in these movies. Mm-hmm. Like they have like maybe three conversations total. And, and when yet, they do, it's it's you get a lot out of it. Like it's very, yeah. there's a lot of subtext. But but just like compare it to the the droning, overextended sequences of Anakin and Palpy talking in the prequels, and it's just it. Yep. Anakin's just an idiot. <laughs> You're not wrong. I'm excited to talk about this. I'm I'm mildly concerned, but I'm sure we'll have tons of fun. <laughs> oh boy. All right. Um, I have a feeling it'll be very much like like the Transformers movies, where we're just like, "This is dumb, and this is dumb, and this is dumb, and this is dumb, and this is dumb." That was kind of cool. Everything else is terrible. Probably. <laughs> uh, all right. You can uh, find us on the iTunes at Here Come the Sequels, and you can find us online at Here Come the Sequels at Blogspot.com, and through email at Here Come the Sequels at Gmail.com, and on Twitter at HCT Sequels. Yep. And if you would like, and if you're interested, just take a couple minutes and give us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate that mm-hmm. very much. Um, like I said, I think we've just had like a couple of reviews, and you know we'd like we'd like more. We, mm-hmm. We'd appreciate that. We 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 want to see if people are interested in what we're talking about. Yeah, or at least hearing us talk about it. Especially now that I think we're going to... I think the rhythm, we're getting into a good rhythm that will allow us to continually upload it um, yeah. weekly again on an actual consistent day, so... Yeah. It's just summers that kills us, so... Apparently, yeah. We should, be, yeah. we should be good from here on out, so... But yeah, throw us up a review or send us a comment telling me how how wrong I am to give this movie and Spider-Man 2 a B-, but I give Dark Knight Rises and Amazing Spider-Man B-pluses, and, <laughs> and then you can tell Tyler how excited you are to hear his thoughts on Alien Covenant, his most anticipated movie... Oh, wait. No, it's not. I came this close to just shutting my laptop. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. All right. That would have been the perfect way to end it. That would have been beautiful. We need to get some sleep. All right. Speak for yourself. I I am speaking for both of us because I assume you are in the same boat. Yes, I am. That was supposed to be funnier than I intended. That's all I got. (laughs) <laughs> Stay rogue, everybody. Sorry about and that. And join us, join us next time for the Phantom Menace. No.